You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and it is Friday. Tracy's sneezing. Tracy, how are you? Mm, I'm good, Dave. Damn. How are you? You're sounding great. You're sounding like... <laughs> I sound so good. You sound like... I, I don't know. It's it's sex. I'm man. finally it's getting this uh, microphone thing down. Uh, it's like I'm a DJ on a jazz station at like two in the morning. You're making me sound like shit, frankly. Yeah. 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 Coming up is some Barry White. That's right. That's right. Um, we are recording this Friday afternoon. Um, UCLA has a big game in about uh, 24 hours and 24 minutes. Wow. Uh, Good math. Yeah, well, you know. Impressive. It's pretty easy when it's 1206. Yeah, I guess so. really just have to subtract 30 minus 6. No big deal. No big game. Um, UCLA taking on number 11 Utah at home at the Rose Bowl, 1230 game. You know, I've been doing some sleuthing on, like, StubHub and stuff. I think Say that five times. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think they're going to have a little bit of a crowd. Think so. I think it's going like, to be a little bit of a crowd. What are you calling a little big bit of a crowd? I think that might be nearly full with the tarps on. Like oh, I think we with the tarps on. That's fifty three thousand. Yeah, but still, that's you know, that's going to be oh. some fans. Do you think they're going to the take the tarps off? BBS has hit your thing? attendance. <laughs> you think they're going to take the tarps off for this thing? I have no idea. Um, I've been asking UCLA. They've been very cagey about it. Wow. I, I would think they'd have to take one off. I, I think they're going to go. They were forty one thousand. For a Friday a f- night game. On a Friday night. And now this is like a huge game. I think they'll go over 53. I think they're taking one off. And they were given free stu- uh, free tickets out to new students, too. Yeah. So the students actually They're taking one off. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we think there's going to be a little bit of a crowd. It's going to have a big game atmosphere. Um, it's. I think I think it's, frankly, God's appointed time, to, uh, 1230 on a Saturday. That's when you still should play all of its games. Um, I'm I'm excited. Are you excited? I I am very excited. Seriously, this is this is how college football should feel every year. There should be a game like this, right? Yes, where you're hyped up for it, and there's a lot on the line. Like I've I read the forum. There's people said, "Are you distracted and unable to work today?" I think we all kind of are. Well, I'm working, but I mean, I am too. But we're working we're and excited. covering this crap, so it's actually a, a way to um, I don't know uh, 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 build up the excitement because you indulge know, our distractions. Exactly, we're indulging our. That's a wow! What a phrase. That was beautiful. It's Tracy. just this microphone is doing. I, I I just want to listen to you. I don't even want to talk. But okay, I can just ramble. I can it's, read the Gettysburg Address. It's amazing. Um, yeah, but it's uh you know uh it's it's a huge game. Uh, Utah um, is legitimately good. 
I think they are beatable. Um, obviously, Florida beat them earlier this year, but they're a legitimately good team. Um, and probably the standard bearer program for the league over the last four or five years, this is like, this should have the feeling, and frankly it does from like a um, almost a play style standpoint, it should have the feeling of one of those Stanford games from the Mora era. Now, hopefully it doesn't have the result of those Stanford games from the Dude, Mora era. why'd you say that? But that's the okay. feeling it has. Like, this is a big game. It's an opportunity to get the monkey off the back. UCLA should throw everything out there to try to get this done. And if they do it, it is truly taking down a top-tier program. Like, I still think Washington's a really good team, but Washington was 4-8 and eight last year. Utah hasn't sniffed a losing record in, like, seven years. Like, this is a... This is the flagship program of the Pac-12. If UCLA can pull this off um, after losing five straight, after losing eight of the last 11, that's that's this will be the biggest win of the Chip Kelly era. Oh, easily. Yeah. I'm, there isn't that much competition. competition. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because Utah's clearly a good team, um, but they are beatable. Uh, th- this is funny. There's so much psychology going on. There was a post on the forum that said, why is everyone saying Utah isn't as good as, as they're hyped up to be? I think a lot of people are saying that they're just beatable. Uh, they're, they're not as good as they were last year, in my opinion. Um, they're missing some key components that they had last year. Um, I've watched every one of their games. I watched Oregon State, as I know you did. Um, throwing out turnovers, which I know you can't, it's a football game, but if you're just talking about who's moving the ball on whom and who's stopping whom, (laughs) I would, the first half, let's say two and a half quarters, Oregon State was was more effective than Utah in that game. Uh, The turnovers, of course, made a three three interceptions. Four. Quarterback. Four. Were, were there four? Oh, three yeah, by the, the Clark backup Phillips. and uh, Chance Nolan each through two. Yeah, and then Chance Nolan goes out. Um, th- then it then it's just unraveled, right? So then you get that score. But if you watch, if you really watched it from series to series, Oregon State was able to run on Utah, and Oregon State was more effective in in shutting down Utah's drives. So. I'm not saying Utah isn't good. I think they're very good. I think Oregon State's pretty good if they had a healthy quarterback who didn't throw three interceptions um, to the same guy. Their quarterback situation has lost them two straight games, but Oregon State it's is too, really It's good. very sad. Yeah. yeah. But because if they had a quarterback, wow. Uh, you throw, So JT Daniels was thinking about going there. He ended up at West Virginia. If JT Daniels ended up there, they'd be 4-1 and one right now. What's West Virginia's record? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, they would. Um, just they're a quarterback away. You, you got to give Jonathan Smith a great deal of respect for what he's done up there. People are still skeptical, and I understand they are. But man, that that's a tough job to get it done there. It's tough to recruit there, and when you watch them, they are just very well coached. The offense um, is super well schemed. Even defensively, wow, so defensively they lack talent, but you can still see like. There are some things that they are trying to do, and they are successful more often than not. Um, they're, yeah. I mean, for you got to always throw the caveat considering the talent level, but considering the talent level to have the success that they're having, I think 
he's he's a really quality coach and not one I was expecting to be very good there. But this, Tracy, is not an Oregon State podcast. No, it's not. This is a UCLA podcast. And Tis. the thing with the Oregon State game that we're drawing a lot of inspiration from is that they were able to move the ball on this Utah defense. UCLA has a better offense with better weapons, with a better quarterback, with a better running back, with better receivers than anything on Oregon State. Oregon State probably has a better offensive line. Um, but UCLA's is, I'm going to go ahead and say, decidedly not bad. Um, decidedly not bad is a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. And so you add all that together. That's not even That's not even nice. That's not even fair. They've average. been good. They've been good. Yeah, I, I, Let's say good. And yeah, I think I think we're still like kind of using a little bit of the preseason, like, uh, I don't know about those tackles. But frankly, they've held up. I think since the first game where there were some communication issues, they've been pretty good. So yeah. looking at that whole picture, you say Oregon State tallied up over 400 yards, had some issues in the red zone, but this offense is a lot better than Oregon State. Um, so I think, and it's also at the Rose Bowl. Utah's at a different team on the road versus at Rice-Eccles. So throw that whole mixture together, I'm expecting UCLA to score some points. What should be really fun and decisive is the chess game with UCLA's running game and Utah's run defense. If you're Utah, you think you're going to have to maybe dedicate a few more bodies to stopping UCLA's running game. You'd have to imagine, given the this is not the stout uh, Utah fronts of yore. It's, right. it's good. It's not great, and you can run on this team, so they're probably going to have to commit at least seven regularly and, and possibly drop a safety down on occasion um, into the box. So what Chip Kelly's done, assuming that everyone was going to defend him that way this year, he, he's come out throwing. It's a 60-40 to 40 ratio of passes to runs, if you go by our friend Chris. Um, so I think he's going to do that again. And then what you saw at uh, the beginning of the second half of Washington, then he ran the ball, and I thought they were just the same plays with the inside zone uh, run. But as Chris Osgood pointed out to me, they were with a, from a spread. It was a run. It was a yeah, spread was to run, detaching as the opposed tight to the two the two tight ends attached. And that I I never get running that power run thing with two tight ends tasks, unless you've got NFL, NFL across the board, NFL offensive line, tight end running back. The only way to do it is to spread, spread them all out, make them have to defend the whole field. That's what, that's what Chip Kelly did in Oregon. So when he did that in the second half, then there was some running room. So this chess match is going to be really fun. That's the thing to watch though. How many guys, does Utah have dedicated to the box? And then what What does Chip Kelly do? Yeah. And the thing is, um, Utah's secondary is very, very, very good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see how they handle matching up with, say, you know, you split one of Hudson Habermill outside or Michael Zeke outside and Jake Bobo, um, how they're going to contend with that size. Um, Clark Phillips on Jake Bobo. Tough one, right? And Fun matchup. It, it, just a very tough one. Um, and they've got like a little bit of size um, with their other two corners, but it's still it's still a three or four inch difference. Um, I don't think they can put Phillips on Bobo. Like I, I just don't think it'll work. Uh, Interesting. When I saw him in high school, he uh, just I, I don't think I ever actually saw him play 
in, on his high school team, but I saw him in seven on sevens in camps. He was he was very effective. He was a great cornerback, but he five ten. Yeah, and he was kind of he was already built out. Yeah. So I said he's going to be a good college player, but the ceiling is 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 limited. Yeah, and I think in a game like this, I just don't. I just don't think he's a great matchup. It's the same problem that UCLA would have quality corners, but going against those big Stanford tight ends and receivers, even if those guys weren't technically as good, they were still just big. And in college, Jake Bobo could just run eight yards post up, and what's Clark Phelps going to be doing? It's like playing against your kids. There's the other chess match. There's more chess match. There's a lot of chess matches going on. I I actually think it's going to be a football game, though. Yeah. How does Chip Kelly get Clark Phillips matched up on Jake Bobo? Yeah. And that's that's going to be yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of motion in this game. Um trying to, you know, work the matchups, get him into I mean, I I think depending on how much they commit to the box, um getting some man coverage because I think UCLA's got to like its Bobo matchup. <laughs> it, I it's not only has he brought a lot to this Bobo team on is so the field. Fun to say. The name, my God! Can we borrow his name for seasons going forward? I think just call go- <laughs> some someone else Jake Bobo. I think they're going to like their Bobo, Bobo matchup against pretty much anybody, um, because it still made me laugh a second time. Okay, keep because honestly, I mean Bobo, um, Bobo at 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 Duke, he was in a, a bad offense with bad players, and he still caught like seventy four balls. And as Trip Kelly has opined several times, everyone knew they were throwing to Bobo, and he was still able to catch the ball. <laughs> Except now he's in a he's in an actual offense with other weapons, so he's not even in as cluttered a space. I I don't want to like say Jake Bobo is uncoverable, but at a certain level, it's going to be really hard for anyone to cover him. Like effectively, constantly, uh, he's both a fifth year and huge. Those two things make it hard because he's advanced route running. He's gotten a lot of reps in college. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to set up DBs. He catches everything, and he's huge. He's six five and like two fifteen. Like, it's, and he's been he's being used in the slot. Yeah, it's just which I, makes a big difference because when you're out, split out, you're playing against a DB and the sideline. Yeah. So now we don't have it. He's got field to play with. Yeah, he's getting the Greg Dulcich routes. I mean, that's basically yep. what he's doing. So anyway, I, I'm 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 pretty convinced UCLA is scoring a lot of points in this game. And I realize I'm going to be, like, pilloried for that when UCLA's stuck at 17 midway through the fourth quarter tomorrow. But I really think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. And if they're not, it's because Utah's committing way too much to the box. And if they're not, Dorian Thompson-Robinson this year has uh, risen to a previously um, not-seen level. Um, He's going to be able to make one-on-one throws. Like, he's going to be able to throw the post-ups to Bobo. Bobo's going to be able to set up some DBs for some nice gains. Um, there's going to be room for this offense to work. This is not a shut you down and make you cry Utah defense of the past. Um, yeah. So they're going to score it, points. I mean, it would be very surprising if this wasn't an offensive game. Now, whether they get in the end zone, eh, something else. But I, I think both these off, I mean, I'm transitioning now to the other side of the ball. Utah should be able to move the ball on UCLA's defense also. Utah should be able to score some points. Um, yeah. So 
Cam Rising. Um, I want to talk about him. I know you do because you had a different evaluation on him coming out of high school. But I, I have to admit, I think we do really well in our evaluations. I mean, the guys that we get that we nailed out of high school are, are pretty good. So Cam Rising was a Rising was from Newbury Park. So I saw him play quite a bit. I saw him in camps. He had a noodle arm. He still doesn't have a great arm. Um, he had kind of a weird body. Still has a weird body. He was pretty. The one thing I gave him in high school was he had a great elusiveness. He had a great feel for the pocket, a great sense, and he could elude tackers. But I kept thinking to myself, doesn't have a great arm. Um, uh, st- strange body, not necessarily really athletic or fast. I just couldn't see it translating. This is that much. and this is classic. He's a gamer stuff. He's a gamer, and occasionally you get the guy. Who's just a gamer? He's so much better than his athleticism, even his skill and his size, because he's still, like I said, he still doesn't have a great arm. But man, dude, he can get some of those runs where he extend, he extends the run. It's similar. It's similar to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh, he's a real Dorian yeah. Tom, but Dorian Thompson Robinson looks like he's a stud runner, right? I mean, that guy. You look at him and go, oh, yeah, that that guy could break one off for 60 you didn't think cam Risen's that guy so yeah yeah i want to i just want to recognize because this is one and i'll have to admit i'm going to throw in my friend brandon huffman we both didn't think he'd be a great college player so i'm throwing myself and brandon yeah under the bus there's a few things i i just to add on to that um he doesn't make mistakes like he just really doesn't make um critical errors um he doesn't take huge sacks and he doesn't throw picks uh he's got eight interceptions in his career um last year is the first year as a full-time starter 20 touchdowns five interceptions this year he's at 13 and two um he is uh, part of the reason his rushing average is so high is he just does not take egregious sacks so his yardage averages are better he's also a really good runner he's a smart runner like um just finds the finds the easy yardage to get um and on top of that he's got a little bit of the jake browning thing going on which is he doesn't have a strong arm but he can throw the little like kind of moon balls downfield um where he's an accurate enough thrower that you know when he's throwing to brant keithy or um which he won't be yeah not in this game or dalton kincaid or um uh what's his face uh valet uh those big targets are going to come down with the ball. Um, so he has that ability to throw downfield. Um, not again, he's not throwing with force to the sideline. I still, I don't think he's the classic. He can make all the throws guy, um, mm-hmm. but he can, he can make the throws you need to make as a college quarterback for sure. And, and he looks like D'Artagnan. Yes. A little bit. He's got the, he's got a really good, um, he's got a three musketeers. Thing he's got a on. great whole facial hair thing going on. You gotta be happy with that. So all that said, Cam Rising's really good, and even without Keithy, um, they still have a pretty darn good receiving core. Um, their tight ends are pretty good, I would say. Uh, probably stack up as a depth unit, uh, pretty similar to UCLA. Um, they've got a lot of them. So I don't actually expect all that much drop-off without Keithy, and there certainly wasn't last week offensively. Um the question, so their offensive line is really good. Um, I think their offensive line is probably a tick better than UCLA's. Um, and the big question is whether they can get any running game. Uh, Tavion Thomas 
has had a very underwhelming start to the year. He's actually been in the doghouse, um, significantly so for Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, why is that? Um, oblique. He's not hurt. No, Wasn't he, he hurt? But uh, now so, he's not. No, uh, it's been oblique commentary saying essentially he needs to get himself straight off the field. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what the deal is exactly. He also started last year off pretty slow, though. So we'll see. Um, Micah Bernard is pretty good, uh, but he's no Tavian Thomas when Tavian Thomas is at his full, you know, power. And Jalen Glover's fine. Um, he's not. He's not as quick as he should be. As small as he is, um, he's like five seven. Um, but all that said, Utah's offense is really good. Um, I think it's worse than UCLA's. That said, I think UCLA's defense is probably a cut worse than Utah's. Um, but when we're discussing UCLA's defense, this is the surprise of the season. This is what got them here, and they're getting all the attention. UCLA's run de- defense. I mean, they've been pretty good. With basically you and me playing defensive tackle the last couple with, of years. With their third and fourth string guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, let's say their third and fourth defensive tackle. Put it that way. Fourth and fifth. Pretty, fourth and fifth. Gary, fourth and Gary fifth. Smith, pretty, Jay Toia, and Martin Andrus are all ahead. Pretty shocking. That's the biggest surprise of the season. Everything else, uh, Jake Bobo, you know, Zach Charbonnet. We can all, we could all, we predicted all that. Uh, even the offensive line being solid. Even the, get, even, yeah. even the okay. pass rush. We we assumed it was going to be pretty good, rush. and it's turned out to be pretty damn good. This is the major, the major surprise, and it makes you think. And I don't know if I should call this BBS, but you just wonder if it's just a matter of time before it gets exposed, right? And this, so this is, and this is where it's interesting because, like. If you're thinking about an offensive line versus defensive line, this would be the game to expose it. But I'm I'm not sold on Utah's running back room right now. So this is going to be really interesting. Is first if they win it, if the Utah offensive line can win the matchup decisively enough up front to make up for whatever weirdness is going on with their running back room. Um, Who is the best rushing offense in the Pac-12? UCLA's. I think it's Oregon, right? Yeah, Oregon's is really good. It's a little bit inflated recently because Bo Nix went off for like almost 200 yards last week. But oh, Bo! Yeah, good old Bo. Uh, but yeah, Utah's. Uh, sorry, Oregon's is really good. U- UCLA's is really good too. I don't think Utah's not in it at this point. Tavion Thomas is good enough in potential that he could, you know, quickly become. I mean, he could go off in this game and run for 200 yards. My point being is that looking forward down UCLA's schedule here. Oregon might present the real challenge of a running game. True. Of an elite running game. But I I, I still think Utah is going to challenge this. I, I'm, I'm hoping, like I said before, you're, you're waiting for it to be exposed. Hoping it doesn't get exposed this week. Or maybe, maybe, Dave, it's actually pretty good. It might be. So that's the other thing is that I've had to, because I've, some of the ways in which I operate is occasionally weather veiny, Tracy. And we've talked about no. this where it's and not in like the like fan way, but in the um, hmm. we have assumptions we're coming out of spring ball with and then we come out of fall camp with and then we'll get convinced otherwise by something a coach says some other impression from somebody else or from like what we might see in game one or game two. I've actively tried to be more, you know, hanging on to my preseason expectations this year. But some of them are proving to be very wrong. Um, one of which is the offensive tackle situation. 
Um, and then defensively, um, that whole front group has turned out to be, you know, even with some nitpicks about Darius Muasau's play, um, like that whole front group has turned out to be better than I expected. Um, well, John John Vaughn's John John Javon's is the most the talented player, on, player the on the defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his, his emergence as that guy. Because he's he's uh, people are talking about oh maybe Kane Medrano gets back this week and I'm like maybe he does but who, where's he going to play? You're not going to outplay John John. No John 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 John. How good would you be if you played football year round? Tell me about it. Um and and he's more or less put uh, Shea Bryant Strother into I don't know what did Bryant Strother play this last game like ten snaps? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, John John Vons is is uh, I think he's the best linebacker. I think if there's somebody who's going to be losing I, snaps, I too. it's going to be Mua Sow. Yeah. Um, but just the quality of play that UCLA is getting from the front and also, and this is where I think the real McGovern, I'm not going to say he's like, uh, what Dwayne Walker did reincarnate in 2006. Um, it's I, too early. It's way it's too, just, early, it's too early, but it hasn't come with the issues, the, the major issues I was expecting. And honestly, given what I've seen out of the quality of play in the secondary, I'm not sure he's wrong in having them play a little bit passively. Um, and what they've done with the front in terms of uh, making up for the lack of defensive tackles, where Latu's playing inside, the Murphys are switching inside. They're confusing offenses um, with what they're doing. I mean, Latu got that big sack last week on a three-man rush where he was lined up at nose tackle. Um, it's just... They're doing some creative stuff up front that's actually helping the defense, and I think you have to give credit to McGovern um, and the defensive staff generally. Um, that was that that is um, actual coaching, and then I think they actually do have some talented pieces at the edge positions too to take advantage of it. You know, those Murphys can play inside, um, and they've done it pretty credibly at times. Yeah. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know, the one thing that uh, we skipped over well, we didn't skip, but we didn't say this when we were talking about the offense. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Dorian Thompson Robinson. Okay. Who got some, who got some He's Heisman a pretty hype. good player. Heisman hype this week, which is kind of really fun. Um, and I mean, if there's a guy who deserves it, because, I mean, he, he, didn't, he wasn't great his first couple of years. He played through it. He kept improving. Didn't play a lot of quarterback in high school. So we had a lot of development ahead of him. Last two years, he's been very good. I think if you just took away a lot of the ESPN hype, he should be among the top three to four Heisman hopefuls right now for how he's played so far this year, right? I I, I looked at the other guys. 
said, eh, I mean, uh, J- uh, uh, what's his name at Ohio State? Stroud. Dude, you, Stroud, you've got some major talent around, around you, and he's not that incredibly impressive. Got to tell you. What DTR has been doing this year has been really impressive. He came back for this season. I know it was a business decision, but still. Um, and then the other thing that I really liked. Did you watch the post-game interview? Oh, yeah. No, he's... Uh, he's he what's is the phrase? chippy. What's the phrase? Uh, pissed off for greatness? Wow. Yeah. That epitomized it. He's got to keep that. That's the energy of a guy... Who's gonna succeed? Yeah, no, he wants. To, that's the energy of a guy who, uh, during the game, wants to murder everyone on the opposing team. Oh my God! It was. It was. I mean, he's shown us a lot over five. That was fantastic. Yeah, no, I he's mean, he's got the. Uh, that's a winner. He is. He's <laughs> he's grown like this. I made this point in the post game broadcast, but he's grown so much as like a player and a person. Like it's exactly what you want from this like college. Not just for football players, but from a college experience. Like, he's become, like, being maturely angry and, like, maturely have that competitive fire and all that kind of stuff um, and back it up. You know, it's one thing to be mouthing off when you're, you know, playing for a three and nine team, but to back it up with your quality of play. I mean, he's completing almost, like, the thing is, he is throwing. I would say fewer balls downfield this year than he ever has before. But the thing is, he's completing everything. He's he's completing 75% of his passes. So even though he's yeah, throwing the ball scary. mostly like within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, he's completing all of them. Like It's just constant completion, 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 completion. He's much more accurate this year than he's ever been. And I think a big part of it is the timing. Um, he's not having to rush into his throw because he's late in his progression. It's all like... You know, it's it's the bullet time thing. He is just seeing things at the speed of uh, you know, one of those elite fifth year quarterbacks, which he is now. And I think And he's is, probably had the best pass protection of five straight games. Oh, it's been it's been excellent. But That's, I think the offensive line has done really so well. So this in pass is the point protection. I just want to make is that offensive line play, oftentimes it gets credit for um quarterback and running back plays from people who are pretty nuanced observers, but there is an element where really good quarterback play improves offensive line play. And the way it happens is with that timing element. If the quarterback is doing everything on time the way they're supposed to, like the way it's drawn up in practice, it makes life so much easier on the offensive line. How many times did we hear Adrian Clem complain about Brett Hundley? Uh, because who's, who's that? <laughs> complaining about Hundley and his um, his lack of timing, his lack of feel for when the ball needs to be out, and it would force the offensive line to do things that they were uncomfortable doing. And I think there was an element of truth to that. Dorian's not causing them those issues this year. He's not yes. moving into positions where he doesn't need to be. He is everything is calm, everything is cool and collected, and everything is happening the way it's supposed to happen. Everything is happening like clockwork, which helps an offensive line drastically. Um, and so I think there's just so many elements of this where um, this is what you get when you have a fifth-year quarterback, but it's beyond that. This is what you get when you have a fifth-year quarterback who is elite, who's a dual threat. Um, this is the part where you know UCLA may not have the uh, you know Bud Elliott from Two Four Seven Sports. He does the blue chip ratio every year, and I I, I realize I'm getting far afield. A quarterback like Dorian Thompson Robinson, the way he's playing so far this year, can make up for a lot of talent sins. Um, I'm not saying UCLA is making a playoff this year, 
But they could win a lot of games if he keeps playing like he did on Friday. Like they could, they could win eleven games. Um, I'm not yeah. saying they will, but they could. I, I got to clue you into one thing too. Uh, Bruno Report Online and and DTR have kind of a interesting relationship. I, you know, a lot of the players don't have an accurate um, opinion of what you and I specifically write. They lump in the forums <laughs> as as you and me. Also, so I mean, in his first two years, were we uh, a little critical of him? Yeah, deservedly so. But you'd say the forums probably went a, a little bit too extreme. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think he got wind of that. Uh, this is me kind of guessing based on some information, and I'm not faulting him at all. But I think it's got him uh, like the attitude that he wants, um, you know. Not that Bruno Portaline means anything to him, but just more people that he needs to prove himself to. When he's running off the field and he happens to run right into my camera after the Washington game and he says, uh, I'm, nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. That was pretty, that was pretty damn funny. That was great. Um, uh, and I said, no, say it. But he didn't. So uh, that kind of energy and, and, chippiness and like you said mature anger that can take you a long ways in football yeah in life so i think i just need to pick them to lose i, I forgot to do that this week but just pick yeah, them what to are lose. you thinking i don't know i don't know I, like it's this desire to be i don't know like closer to what i actually think is going to happen but. but dave here's something you might not know this what we do on bruno port online has no impact on the outcome of a game yeah, well, that's why I don't want to like do the stupid thing. I want to just uh, pick what I think is right. Yeah, I think you should. It's just, you know, all those people. I mean, there were some people there. I think you. I think it was in the thread of you picking a win, and now you said uh, someone wrote, oh, now we're losing. Yeah. Dave, how, how close have you? I mean, you've almost, this year, you nailed some scores. The only one right? I've been so the only one I've been really off on was um, Washington, and the right. I, so the funny part is I nailed the over under, I just had the I had the, the scores mixed up, you know. Okay. So really, okay. I, so you you got your little vibe a little mixed up when you were like looking into the crystal ball. Yeah. So that's the only one I've been really off on. Um, I nailed one score, got another one within a couple points, another one within a couple points. Um, was really off they, in Washington. Um, they don't remember when we nail it. No, why would they? Um, hmm. I'm I'm three and two ATS on UCLA games this year, so that's okay. That's okay. Um, I should be a little bit better. There was one year I did like ten and two against the spread. I didn't nail score predictions, and my probably absolute error was way off. But um, all that really and, and nobody really cares about anything but the spread. Come on, guys. Um, anyway, but here I, we are. Think, we're in this I, we're in this state right now, Dave. Where can I say something that's a little bit, um, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit extreme? Sure. I think there's a better chance UCLA uh, wins by a couple of scores than Utah wins. Hmm. Okay. I think I think I predicted conservatively that I think UCLA wins by three. Uh, the The level of now I'm saying UCLA did play a very good game on Washington, but I didn't see anything in that game that was unsustainable. Um, if they play close to that level against Utah. They're gonna win, and it might it, it might be what that Washington game should have been, which was at least a two touchdown win. Yeah. Um. I, what this all has done, and we're all in a state of, should we get our hopes up? 
I think so. As you can tell by if you're a, if you're a longtime listener, I have my hopes up. Um, yeah, I know you do. So the thing is, that's the weather vane. Well, thing. it's it's not. This isn't. So I, I'm big on the well. When it's good, I'll say it's good. When it's bad, I'll say it's bad. It's good right now. Um, that doesn't mean it's always going to be good. But there's reason to think that this is sustainable if Dorian Thompson Robinson continues to play this way. That's the only part of this that I. I was expecting him to be pretty good this year. I don't think I was expecting him to be at this level this year. And that's the part that I think everyone should get some real hope from. Um, that was a good pass rush that Washington was trying to throw at him last week. Didn't phase him a bit. This is the thing I like most about you. Is you're this factual, logical guy. You deal in data. Mm-hmm. But you've got this little uh, kind of romanticism there where you just want to believe. I just want it to be good. Like, this is yeah. the thing. People, like, get on me. Oh, you're very negative. You're very negative. Yeah, I just want it to be good. And when it's bad, it really sucks. And you're negative because it's when bad. it is bad. Yeah, because negative can be funny. Yeah, too. well, negative is way yeah. funnier than positivity. Yeah, way the only the, the funniest part of positivity is when it inevitably goes sideways on me. And then I have to uh, come crashing back to earth, usually publicly and violently. Um, if we weren't funny, we'd be a lot far more positive. Well, that's the other thing is like I'm 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 oftentimes just leaning into what's the best joke here. Um, yeah, and so I know it's bad. I do that too. And it's just like, well, you know, sometimes you sometimes you you you, you burn people a little bit, but you, you go for the laugh. laugh. That's number one priority. Number one priority in all things. Um, yeah. It's uh, sincerity. Ooh, who wants that? <sighs> Sorry about that, guys. We we opt for funny, even if it's negative. Yeah, that's bad about. And a lot of times, seriously, we've talked about this day. There's so many jokes that we don't do that are funny, but we know they're too negative. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it should be a fun game tomorrow. And if it's not, just remember that Tracy predicted a two touchdown win for UCLA. <laughs> You didn't ask me what I'm predicting. What are you predicting? I've got to go for the reverse mojo and say they're going to lose. Damn, look at you. Yeah. Well. I have to balance I'm, yours I'm out. I'm happy you're comfortable being so wrong. Okay. That's good. Oh, this is this is perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Anything else to talk about? Uh, oh, there's that other, other fun sport at UCLA. Just everyone should just take advantage and just bask in this. You're going to have two good programs in one year. A football program that's doing pretty well and a basketball program that's going to be pretty good. Doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. Uh, it was really, um, you know, I, you attended it and you recorded 18 minutes of talking to Mick Cronin. I was like refreshing the site because I was like, I want to listen to that guy. I want to listen to 18 minutes of Mick Cronin right now. And I did. And it was so nice. Just, you know what's so funny interviewing him is because you know he's going to talk too long for each answer, but you want to hear where he's going to go because it's so interesting. But there's other things you want to ask, and then he says something, and you go, oh, great, follow-up. Oh, no, I can't ask that. And then when other people are in the interview, like there are some guys who come out, Ben Bolch and myself, we know Mick. There are other people who come not regularly or maybe a one-timer, they don't know these things. So we know this <laughs> This interview is going to get cut off at 18 to 20 minutes. And we've got to conserve, like, oh, don't use that follow-up. 
it's it's amazing. It's just it's so much fun because there's so much that's good. Like even when he goes a little bit tangent or he just keeps adding on, it's great stuff, right? Yeah, no, he does. He's got a meandering way uh, in response to good. some of these questions, but it's always like it's good stuff. Um, and sometimes he, I think, he loses sight of what the original question was. Like there was that one that um, towards the end of the interview. Where it was asking about uh, the final four guys, um, and he started talking about Jaime and Tiger, but then he just like went on this long thing about, because um, uh, he was trying to make the point about um, having five guys who are that experienced and how that adds to the the collective. But then he just couldn't stop talking about um, you know how good Tiger's been or something, um, yeah. and it was just like oh that's lovely, not really didn't. And then he finally brought it back, but it was just. These uh, these meandering, okay. meandering. Instead of talking about how he talks, let's talk about what he talked about. No, no, let's about. talk about what he, how he talks. Um, <laughs> I okay. could, I could talk, I could fill the next twenty minutes. Um, it's fun when you. I mean, this guy's been coaching twenty-seven years, right? Mm-hmm. It's fun when you can hear excitement in his voice. I was trying to get him to talk about a Dembona because when I've talked to people around the program about him, they get, there's a little bit of giddiness in their, in their voices because it's one of those things you can't say, Oh, well, there's this one thing he does. Well, they say between his athleticism, how physical he is, his approach to the game, his motor, his attitude, his ability to want to learn, uh, just everything rolls right off of him his being a good teammate um it's just he's like he's like the dream recruit i mean watching i mean i i'd seen him play in aau ball but watching him out there in ucla blue and gold running up the down the court dang dang i mean there's like it was with peyton watson when you first i first saw them at a at a practice i said oh well that's that's the clear pro there. Yeah. You look I mean, he looked he I, I had him at about six, eight and a half. He's taller than that. He's he's a good six nine, six nine and a half. Um but just his ability to run if you watched him in that video, and I took other video, I didn't post it because it was essentially the same video. But God, that's a six nine guy running up and down like he's six four. That's just I I so so impressive. But then when Mick Cronin talks about Dylan Andrews, it's just he gets he gets very 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 excited. So it's very fun. Your takeaway from this from the information we have, what Mick said, watching the team, more athletic, potentially more defensive upside. Cronin's been spending a lot of time teaching defense. Um and then uh, on offense, a team that is more willing to facilitate pass the ball than what he's had recently. So not that Mick Cronin saying this just to make you and me happy, but over the last couple of years through the Final Four season and the last season, if there's something that didn't quite jibe with us, it would be there were times on offense when they didn't pass the ball that well. When they're, you know, I mean, I'm just going to say it when Johnny Juzang was, you know, volume shooter. Um, and then on defense, when they didn't really play hard on defense, they lacked some athleticism. 
So these are the two things that look vastly improved with this team. There will be growing pains, yes. But the two things that I would have wanted to improve last the last the team the last two years and see it now that this is the, the my two big takeaways on how this team is going to be different. That's that's kind of making me giddy. I would be uh, I, I, would, I would approve giddiness at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I so watching uh, your stuff. I, I I'm really um, I'm thinking this team is going to be, um, and I think this is probably why there's a lot of Mick Cronin excitement. Is the level of athleticism is going to be at a uh, I don't know when would UCLA have been this athletic previously? Because even that Lonzo Ball team was not that athletic. Uh, TJ Leaf out there. Um, Lonzo is an athlete, but not, you know. God, I don't, it's hard. I mean, there were great athletes, you know, but I can't remember the teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to, like, maybe, uh, like, one of those Westbrook teams. um, That's what I was going to think, because Russell elevated the athleticism so much. Yeah, and you had Luke, who, like, wasn't flashy about it by any means, but obviously could guard one through five. Um Alfred Aboya but, was a jump out of the gym type dude at times. Um, but from one through five, there wasn't this kind of athlete. You know, we're forgetting about Jalen Clark. Yeah. He's a fantastic athlete. Yeah. We are forgetting about Jalen Clark, who uh, looked like the best player in the world for four games last year. Yeah. That's it's. I think there's going to be some growing pains a little bit um, when they're getting Amari Bailey um, integrated fully, um, you know, and if Dylan Andrews is truly this guy and he's playing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game, making sure that he's ready for it. Um, And obviously um, it's going to be a whole new rotation at center. So what's that going to look like? Um, But God, there's so much upside with this team. And then the interesting thing was up until yesterday, the general word, I mean, there were two guys out recovering, not out, but recovering from ACL injuries that they suffered last year, Will McClendon and Mac Etienne. We had been hearing consistently that neither of them um, are 100%, and we had been hearing that um, Will McClendon was closer to being uh, 100% cleared. And then I, it went right past me, but a lot of people on the forum caught it that Mick said Mac was closer to being cleared than Will. Do you think he misspoke? He might have misspoke and said Mac. I don't, Mac might be Will, Mac Clendon. I, I don't know. Yeah, because the thing is, the, the thing we've consistently heard, I think literally since like the end of the season, was that Will was further ahead. Yeah, and if you look at the braces on the knees, uh, I mean, Mac had some pretty sizable bigger braces than will there. Right. Well, interesting. It'd be interesting if that had flipped. Um, I I think the one who is more necessary this year is probably Mac Etienne. uh, Oh, by far. Because you need the depth at the post, but um, yeah, that would be a, that would be a flip. And yeah, I heard the same thing. So I'm, it'd be interesting to get some clarification on that. And then how about our boy, Kenneth calling the team bougie bougie. It's so good. (laughs) And then he spit. Then we ask him who, and he specifically says Amari Bailey. <laughs> Amari Bailey. I mean, he's he's a flashy kid. He wears nail polish, man. Can we get? Can we get? 
Kenneth to just stay on the team forever. Is it possible? How many does he still have another year after this one? Yeah, I think he has one more year. Where is he gonna I go? Think. Stick around, buddy. Here, let's let me look this up. I need to know Kenneth Nwuba's eligibility. So he is all right. So he started in 2018-19. One, two, three, four. So this would be his fifth year, but he did redshirt a year. So, so he one, well, he's got the he's got COVID. Yeah, he's technically a redshirt. He doesn't have COVID. He's, sorry, he's, a, he's got he's a COVID a, year. He's, he could be classified if he wanted to as a redshirt junior this year. So he's got at least another year. Yeah, one more year. Stay, Ken. Please stay. Do it. Do it. Um, yeah. So basketball, very exciting. Now it's uh, essentially a month, literally a month, until the start of the season. Hey, so I've been trying to figure this out for our little bro team, but it's kind of fun to think about. There's a really fun weekend coming up. And I'm just wondering what y'all are going to do. Are you flying to Vegas for the Illinois basketball game on the 8th, November 18th? So, month and a half. And then flying home Saturday for the UCLA-USC football game. And then flying to Vegas again on Sunday for UCLA to play either Baylor or Virginia. Now, if I were a fan, and I'm not, because I got to work. So that's it's a different story. I can't just leave the game. We actually have to do things afterwards. So it's a little bit more taxing. But if you're a fan, I just check prices. Pretty cheap to do that, honestly. Um, the flights are 180 bucks, something like that, round trip. Um, you can stay right around uh, T-Mobile for 200 bucks. Wow, pretty, and you can make Sunday one day. Yeah, surgical strike. Surgical strike. Go hands free. Go watch the game. Put some money down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean Carry that no is fun. Nothing. I think bros should put together a bro a bro. An ongoing bro bash that does that for three days. Well, like uh, Vegas is essentially a second home for UCLA basketball now. Exactly. Exactly. So, so does does someone have? Oh, does someone have a condo? Bro villa. A bro villa for the weekend. Yeah. If someone has that, and so I wasn't going. Our friend Mike Regalado. Um, nicely volunteered. I think it's just, it's way too much fun. Um, it's cool. But he's a young man, so he can do that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, might be compelled that, you know, that Dave shows up if there's a bro suite. There might be. Yeah, if if, if that happens, I will be, uh, I will be, I will be there in a heartbeat. You could drive it, Dave. I've, uh, I've um, sworn off driving through the desert. Really? Yeah, I don't think I'm ever driving to the state of Arizona again, and I don't think I'm ever driving to Vegas again. Why? Something happened? No, I just I can't do it anymore. You're getting old. Well, it's not that I can't. It's just it's it's really unpleasant. I really don't like that drive. Uh, and you're a driver. I know that. You go cross states and don't even think twice. I have in the past. This might be the old. Um, really? Just, so I you're getting old. I just don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to. You used drive. to tell me, oh, I'm driving through Texas, New Mexico. All I'm all. Dude, yeah, with like two kids in the back. Yeah, just don't have the. Uh, That's over, huh? Well, you do enough of that with two kids in the back, and it'll quickly, <laughs> uh, quickly sap uh, all of your life's energy. That's true. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, is that it for us? Are we done? Are we excited? Seriously, for this is this is a big game. This is fun. This is a big, I mean, I wrote that story. Just let's just do it. Let's think about what it will be like on the other side of a win over Utah. 
Six and zero. Six and zero. Ranked probably twelfth, somewhere between tenth and twelfth. Okay. Uh, A lot of teams lose. Could be tenth. Yep. Six and zero. Oregon will be uh, more than likely five and one. Will probably be ranked within that top ten. Game day in Eugene. And UCLA has played Oregon shockingly close the last few times they've played, um, given the uh, talent differential. Uh, I think our level of hype right now, I think I will be... So tomorrow, I'm not anticipating having the nervous feeling in my stomach. I think it'll just be another game. That Oregon game, I'll have the nervous feeling in my stomach going into that game. But a win over Utah puts UCLA probably at least one of the two driver's seats for a berth at a Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you'll start to hear like, oh, UCLA, is that a real playoff contender if they beat Utah? And then and then it starts the, the march to that UCLA. Even if UCLA loses to Oregon, there's still a march to that UCLA-USC game. Yeah. Which could end up UCLA with, let's say, one loss or... You know, just hypothetically, and USC undefeated. Not to, not to, not to again analogize to yesteryear, but 2013 had a little stretch like this, if you remember. Uh, yes, it was Oregon and Stanford back to back, and if UCLA got out of that, damn, they were going to be a you know a real you know national title contender. They didn't. They lost both games. Um, this is a similar stretch. Utah and Oregon. It's the two. The two teams that I would be most worried about for UCLA to play, because I think USC, the more I watch them, the more I'm... Um, I think they're beatable. Very beatable. And I think it, it'll be a really fun game. It'll be back and forth, but... Like 60 points. Yes. Um, but these two teams, um, you you emerge from this stretch, even one and one, uh, it's going to be a really fun finish of the season. So let's just, like I said, you got this game, start a basketball Basketball team is a chance. I mean, that's a that's a good personnel mix with a great coach. They have a chance. So just enjoy it, guys. It's kind of fun. UCLA. It's back, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. See you guys. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.